Oh, by the way, how is the shield business? Never better. It must be great to have every country in the world as your customer. Actually, Mr. McLeod, we prefer to think that we protect the population of the planet from death by solar radiation. It is a rather unique service, don't you agree? As long as it's necessary. Meaning? Maybe one day the ozone layer will repair itself. That would indeed be a great day for the human race, wouldn't it? But it really makes no difference anymore. Since you built the shield to last forever. Nothing lasts forever. Welcome back to Highlander Rewatch, the third episode in our ongoing Highlander 2 The Quickening series. Uh, I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Oh, no. <laughs> old old oh, land bear. Yes. How are you doing, my friends? Man, Eamon, you're usually a spry guy. I wouldn't expect you to sound like that for, you know, maybe another six years or so, 2024. 20, yeah. I live a hard life. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. McLeod did a lot of hard living. He did a lot, drank a lot of Glamorangi and Oscar. And Oscar Marsh. Oscarsh He wore a lot of Oshkosh Pagosh as well. He did. Uh, so we are back and we are going to be talking about Highlander 2. If you are just joining us, uh, we've already done two episodes on Highlander 2. So make sure to bounce back and listen to those first to catch up. And in general, if you're kind of new to the Highlander series, uh, check don't out. Don't start with this. Don't start, yeah. <laughs> if you're new with this, don't start with Highlander 2. Or if you just happen to start with this, trust us, there is a, a great pool of amazing Highlander content out there. Uh, the first movie, the TV show, all good stuff. Uh, so don't let this deter you from further Highlander watching. And check out all our back catalog of episodes where we discuss the films and the series. But today we're talking about Highlander 2, and we are bouncing forward. So uh, we're, what, a good third of the way through the movie? Something like that. Uh, so Connor McCloud has just gotten his, well, second quickening, I guess it is. He's become young Connor. He sends some lightning zaps into space to make a Ramirez clone he's the original i guess so uh and so that's that's kind of where we are right now so let's continue uh so right now we cut to glencoe scotland uh, and this is the theatrical cut and this is like a shakespearean play they're doing hamlet hamlet and he's doing the famous graveyard speech where he's talking to yorick the skull right that's right ramirez like teleports into this or is like reincarnated into like this onto the stage of this play yeah this scene ends up i guess being funny although it does have a lot of like weird moments uh i think the whole point of this yeah was to introduce ramirez into a time period where he wouldn't know what time period he was in i think that was why this is happening yeah like he appears everyone's wearing old costumes he's like oh i'm back wherever like this isn't now and like then he eventually comes He's to the like, oh, it's still it's like 1700 here i am right and then it you know then he has some realization that oh no these people are dressing up and i'm at a play and this is not right 
Yeah. So yeah. I think that's... My note just says, does Ramirez not know what a play is? Because plays existed when yeah. he died. Well, he, he realizes it when he sees the audience. Yeah. Which takes like two and a half minutes, yeah. apparently. Yeah. And they're all clapping and laughing at him. Yeah. Like, he's so, surrounded by hundreds of people, and he's like, they're all interacting with him. Yeah. So let's he, play this clip, because I think this clip is actually pretty funny. That's just me. Do you guys <laughs> have different opinions? I... It's like a little bit funny, but it's like too distractingly... Goofy? Yeah. I just don't understand why he doesn't understand. Yeah. Also, he appears in his garb from the first movie. Yes. And not his Zeist outfit for whatever reason. I'll say this. I, I'm okay with that. These are, this is one of those like suspensions of disbelief where it's like, oh, the character's name doesn't change, even though, he's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, that's an iconic look for him. I give it a pass. I'm like, sure. we know what he looks like, and he just appears in his clothes. So. And he's got a brand new sword. Brand no, new. He, no, he takes the sword. Yeah, he takes it from He takes it from stage. Hamlet. He does? Mm-hmm. He, he do. Which also means that later when he fights McCloud, he is fighting with a prop, prop sword yeah. <laughs> and will lose... Alas, poor Yorick. This guy's a stone cold professional at first. Yeah. Actually, the name is Ramirez. Rar? Will you get out of here? <laughs> Excuse me. A fellow of infinite jest, of most excellent fancy. Forgive me for interrupting your uh, conversation, but. Uh... He hath borne me upon his back a thousand times. Now. How abhorrent in my imagination it is. Gorge rises this at it. weird stage. Here hung those lips that I have kissed, I know not how oft. Sir, whatever you gentlemen felt for each other when your friend was still alive is certainly none of my affair. Why are you so insistent on talking to him? Then? What's your yeah. fucking game, shithead? Oh, shithead? Shithead? What's a shithead? How does he not know what that is? Those are two words that he knows. Those are two words he knows. Oh, this audience that was here the whole time. Yeah. Good gravy. My apologies. (laughs) Enough of this useless banter. Useless. I shall be on my way and leave you to converse with your scum. Farewell, dear shithead. Enter bagpipes. Farewell, Farewell, dear shithead. And bagpipes. All right, let's talk about all the stuff going on in this scene. Farewell, dear shithead. <laughs> oh, then he checks himself out in the mirror. It's good the magic still works. He's I've like checking his neck. Protect your neck. Yeah. <laughs> A couple things. One, this audience interaction thing. Like at first, when they start laughing, I was like, oh, like they're making fun. Like they're like, oh, who's this idiot? Like they're laughing at him. Clearly, he wins them over. Instantly. Instantly. And, and like, they, he has like a standing ovation at the end. Like, they're like, yes, you're the best. You interrupted like the seminal moment of the most famous play ever written. <laughs> he comes onto the stage by lightning striking <laughs> and he's there. And, and, everyone, and everyone's just totally cool with it. How is everybody not just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess they think it's the magic of theater. The but magic then, like, of the stage. <laughs> but, like, why then are they cool with the interruption? 
Yeah. If they think it's like part of the show, why they're like, well, this is a weird rendition of Hamlet. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? I don't remember this part. Like, it makes it seem like they play. hate Hamlet or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're at the boring theater watching Hamlet. Like, this cool guy from the future, wherever, <laughs> just like spiced it up and now we love it. Like, and now he's cool saying shithead. Yeah. yeah. And like, the when the Hamlet guy who's like being so cool at first finally breaks character, yeah. he breaks so hard. What's your fucking game, shithead? What's your fucking game, shithead? Ed. It's like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> and I just can't believe that Connery doesn't know what shithead means. In general, I feel like Scotland is a nicer place than wherever Connor is living right now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. this theater seems nice. The theater goers look dressed very well. Yeah. And also, there's a ton of people in this scene. Again, there's a lot of money on the screen right now. Yeah. A lot of extras all wearing costumes that are like all custom to like the scene. Period. They're like period pieces. Yeah. For what? For what? Yeah. yeah. For, for, for a for? goofy bit with Sean Connery saying shithead. Right. Which he says like 42 other times in this movie. Yeah. Oh, and here's This movie one. has three jokes in it. Yeah. It's a kind of magic shithead and Michael Ironsides' mouth. Yeah. <laughs> shithead? Uh, also, this, shithead? Cur- this cursing thing, I feel like, is another influence from Star Trek Four. Oh. And this is all Spock. From Star Trek. F- oh, the joke of like. When Spock comes to Earth in the a past. A double dumbass on you. Right. That's uh, all what this yeah. is to uh. me. I don't know. What's the chronology on that? That's... When did Star Trek Four come out? That's the one where they go into the past, right? Yeah. Yeah. 86 or 87 maybe? Yeah. I, th- I feel like Star Trek Five had just come out in is that 90 or something. With the whistles? Or, or is 6 and 91. The whistles? The whistles. The whales. The, the nuclear whistles. vessels. <laughs> the nuclear oh, vessels. vessels. Where do you keep your nuclear vessels? Ah, so good. Shithead. We, we also, when he exit, when Ramirez exits the stage, bagpipe music plays. Yeah. And this repeats all through the movie. I guess they're just like, fuck it. He's Connor, the high Connery's Connery Scottish. Scottish. Yeah. And so he's accompanied by bagpipes like all the time. And Connor's never, I don't know, it's crazy. Even though he's the Highlander yeah. and the yeah. context of the continuity of the movie, he's actually Scottish. Yeah. If you didn't see the first one, this would be really confusing. And it's already confusing. Yeah, Why this... is he reincarnated in Scotland and the bagpipe music is always playing? Like... See, I think this is another one of those things where like the, the continuity is like kind of broken. There's like allusions to the first movie, but it's not truly dependent. Do they ever mention that Connery died? No. Do they ever actually establish that he's that in the context of the movie he is dead? Mm-mm. So when they both get sent down to Earth... They're just separated, I guess. They're like, Firestorm? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, I have no so idea. So when he calls him, that's the first time he's seen him since Zeist. I don't know. In the, if just seeing this movie, you could be very forgiven for thinking that. Yeah, yep. that's true. That's crazy. And then, like, the bagpipe movie, music and, like, the weird Scottish thing is, like, less jarring. Because then you're like, okay, well, you have no instinct that Lambert is supposed to be Scottish. You have a Scottish actor who just appeared in Scotland accompanied by bagpipe music. Right. And you're like, oh, that's fine. And then, like, his nickname is the Highlander because, like, the Highlands of Zeist? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, like, this is another instance, like, the the opera in the beginning where the play has no bearing on anything. Like, I get why they picked Hamlet. It's a famous scene. It's another opportunity to, like, whatever they were acting out or whatever could have something to do with something. Like, that entire scene is about... I'm working here. Putting in some effort for this movie that it does not deserve. <laughs> but what's that entire scene about? Like, we're leading into the entire to be or not to be speech. Right. It's all about, like, this question of, like, do you commit suicide? Do you act? This, like, kind of existential moment of, like, taking control of your life and 
how you're going to do that. Connor's about to be faced with a bunch of like decision points. Like, is he going to get back involved in the mortal world and like try to bring down the shield? Is he going to go back to Zeist and try to fight Katana? Like, he's got these conflicts that he can opt out of. And like in the context of the initial where you find him initially, he is just waiting to grow like to die. Like he's so like he's apparently so old, like he's just waiting to wither away because he's like a pointless man at this point. He's got this call that he's finally about to answer. I don't know. That's the best I got. That's not bad. Yeah. Honestly, that's pretty good. That that can justify it for me. Because I was just like feeling a little hollow that this was a point where they could have stuck in some meaning to anything. Yeah. Do anything. Uh, but yeah, Connery leaves. He looks in the mirror and says, the magic still works. This magic thing really bugs me in this movie. Like, them being so heavy-handed with, like, it's magic. And it's like, fine. That was how they explained the whole first movie. It's but magic. But they didn't mention it so much. Well, they didn't mention yeah. it so much. But also, this movie has so much science in it. It's like, it's a kind of magic. Except for, like, the teleporting device, I guess. <laughs> Is that magic? Maybe. I don't know. The shield? Like, that's not magic. That's not magic. Yeah. The hoverboards? I don't think that's magic. That's definitely, like, I, like it's... Fucking hand bazooka that he carries I'm around. never sure what yeah. is magic and what's not kind of in this it's it's all over the place fuck it so then he almost gets hit by a car yeah <laughs> so much for the horse and carriage so now we are back in the city <laughs> whatever we call this place so louise sees young connor now and to be clear lambert is handsome at this point in time sure he's got his flowing vigo locks and everything why is the, she automatically attracted she's to just him? like he comes this up this is awful this is more confusing than their relationship in the first movie like brenda and mac he just walks up to her and says i'm connor mccloud of the clan mccloud which no you're not but okay <laughs> yeah I was banished from the planet Zeist 500 years ago, <laughs> and I cannot die. That's when you go, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just and she's just like, take me. Yeah. And then they, they fuck. fuck in a dirty alley. <laughs> it's disgusting. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, this so th- is more perplexing to me than the planet Zeist. <laughs> I, have, like, I, I have five. I wrote down five reasons why this is upsetting to me. One, all Connor McLeod knows about this person. Is he thinks she is a rightly unemployed terrorist? Yeah. Right. Two, uh, he was just an old fucking man. Like, and it's like now I gotta kiss you. Three, they literally just met. Four, she is covered in dumpster trash juice. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. five, she just fucked an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like that's yep. weird too. Like he looks like you, but he's an alien yeah. from the planet Zeist, and he's over five hundred years old. I, I don't understand this. Like, for, for, for all she knows, this guy's a nutcase. Like, you just met him, and he just said, I'm an alien. Like, <laughs> and you just saw him murder two people. Yeah. Murder two people, get caught up in some crazy electrical storm. Right. It's like, emerge, I, I would think, it's like, I think you fried some circuits explosion. in there. Yeah. yeah. I'd be freaked out. <laughs> nope. Just wants yeah. to get down to business. Oh, my God. Also, and also, Eamon, do you Connor want to talk about Connor's performance? Oh, he doesn't last very long. <laughs> It's been it's been a few hundred years. That's true. Or well, not a few hundred years, but he's got some pent up. Oh, it's been since Brenda. Yeah, and they're like true. obviously raw talking it. Yeah. So like, oh. oh, sorry, sorry. It's okay. He can't get her pregnant, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't then, know that, and she's okay with this. Yep, she's gonna have this like trash juice alien baby. Also, this movie yeah. was filmed in 1990, came out in 1991. AIDS is still a problem, and the producers of this movie were like, should they just fuck in an alley? Yeah, sure, that's not an issue. Yeah. Let's talk about fucking ozone shit, not AIDS. So you're saying is that this movie would be better if Connor had cured AIDS? Yeah. <laughs> I I just don't buy like 
why this happens. And it happens because I, like, there's no explanation given. They don't even yeah. try to sell why it happens. Yeah, it's just like oh, they fuck. Yeah, and so in the special edition of this, the difference is he says he's immortal. Like yeah. they cut out the Zeiss reference. He's just immortal. He can't die. Yeah. And then there's just like more fuckingness. Yeah. Fuckingness. Like like more disrobing kind of like lots yeah. of groping and like yep. open mouth and like <sighs> uh, it's, and it's <laughs> at gasping. least there's no <sighs> nipple teething in this one. <laughs> it's actually it's it's shocking. Why isn't there like why isn't there? <laughs> no no no. <laughs> I'm not this insane. Why isn't there any nipple sucking in this movie? I'm not I'm not upset by it. There's no restraint in any other aspect of this movie. Yeah yeah. And like they or obviously the filmed those I mean, weird boobs in like the. The extended edition for like the passed out sexually assaulted woman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe Virginia Madsen is just like, no, I don't know. That's like, yeah. I mean, that's probably yeah, understandable. Probably why. Yeah. Yeah. How established as like a character actor was she in 1991? Pretty well. Yeah. Like, she had done a lot of like. She could say definitely walk away from something like that. And she actually was almost Brenda in the very first Highlander. Oh, right. Mm, right. Tidbits. Yeah. Oh, tidbits. she had been. Maybe there would have been Doesn't no show tidbits. Don't want to show those tidbits. All right. So now. Things get pretty nuts, like between Very the two quickly. versions here. Yeah, this is it's this really separates. In the special edition, Katana is watching Lambert defeat the goons. Yeah, and this is when he and decides. Presumably, bone thereafter. Yeah, yeah. He sticks to it. He doesn't go right. He's like, I gotta go to Earth. Let me watch this first. Hang on yeah. just a <laughs> uh, clear the room. <laughs> uh, so this is when he decides he's got to go down and take care of business. Uh, yeah. But in the theatrical cut, we cut to. Max Mansion? He is like a very big. That house. makes sense. If he saved, he was like rich before. He uh, presumably owned that real estate when New York's uh, real estate market took off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Also, he invented a shield that saved all of mankind, which I imagine is lucrative since yeah. for some reason it wasn't given to the government. Right. <laughs> Back here in this set that just looks more blade like Blade Runner stuff. This is this dialogue encapsulates the whole movie. Luis is trying to figure out. What's going on? So we got to listen to this clip. You think I do this every Saturday? Oh, my God. This. You guys, boning's a kind of magic. It's a kind of magic. Not, not the way you do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now let me just see if I can get this straight. You come from another planet, and you're mortal there, but you're immortal here until you kill all the guys from there who have come here, and then you're mortal here. Unless you go back there... Or some more guys from there come here, in which case you become immortal here, again. Something like that. If your movie needs to be explained like this, Boo. it's a problem. Yeah, it's a yeah. big problem. Like, this scene should have shut down production. <laughs> <laughs> they should have gotten to that line and been like, uh-oh. It's so convoluted. <laughs> yeah. But Luis is wearing uh, some new clothes. Uh, yeah, they're I'm assuming I'm assuming the police probably raided her place. Like she doesn't can't go there. So I'm yeah. assuming she's wearing a dead woman's clothes. <laughs> Brenda's clothes. Brenda's I think clothes. that's in the special in the special feature. They actually talk about that. Do they? I yeah, missed that. The, the costume designer said that that was her favorite piece she designed because it was designed to be like a man's night robe. But then she like tailored it for Louise in this scene. According to her, that's supposed to be like Lambert's smoking jacket or some shit. That makes sense. But oh, then well. she gets she has a lot of costume changes, which I note every time she changes costumes. Ah, <laughs> uh, very good. But anyway, Luis wants Connor to help her, I guess, figure out the shield problem since he helped build it, and maybe he could talk to Alan. At this point in my notes, I just have question: Where did they get the name Zeist? <laughs> Moving on, Zeist, <laughs> Zeisty. 
Zeisty. Uh, but in, I guess in the special edition, this scene is extended. And there is a whole talk about, like, have you ever seen a blue sky? Because I guess right. she hasn't. hasn't? Yeah. Right. Is the implication. Uh, so Mac describes it. Um, this seems like a lot like the Brandy scene from Highlander 1. Yeah. Like, he closes his eyes, and he talks about, like, the feelings mm-hmm. he had from a past event. I was right. like, oh, okay, this is interesting. It's not as good as the Brandy scene, but I feel like that's what they're kind of going for here. We thought the sky would last forever. Huh? Huh? <laughs> oh, boy. All right, we cut to S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. And Finally. it is coffee problems begin here. Because <laughs> yeah. Alan is drinking shitty coffee and apparently God. always makes shitty coffee. You always put in too much water. Also, how? How do you do that? Also, like, at first I thought the joke was going to be, like, even the coffee in the future is shit. But it's actually just human error. <laughs> yeah. So, Mac, that Max is way in and talks to Alan. Well, he Mac. just walks in. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he walks in. That's Connor's version of Batmac. Yeah. Uh, but Alan, this is kind of funny. He's like, you look great. Like, do you have a face? I like- hate this. <laughs> What, have you been exercising? Did you get a facelift? Are you fucking kidding me? He looks like a completely different person. <laughs> yeah, it'd be one thing if they had like actually made him look fifty-five and he aged back to being like thirty-one. Right? Yeah, like that would have been like, oh, did you get a facelift? Like maybe that's something, but not when they had him being like in a wrinkle suit. <laughs> like, and he just he just waved to him in the opera. That's true. Like, what's the timeline in this? It's this is like an hour later. <laughs> yes, this is supposed to be in like the middle of the night. Uh, oh boy just like, uh. what a mess so alan i guess is worried that like he's like i can't talk about stuff i guess he thinks his room is bugged which, which it, it is. is which it yeah. is right uh so he's like come to the computer and he types on like his computer screen is like see-through yeah uh, it's like a like a holographic display uh so, so like a lot of technology has moved aggressively forward far beyond anything we're capable of producing right and so he types that the radiation levels above the shield are normal and he's starting to type a coordinate where there's like a gap in the <laughs> shield which my notes say are like in bermuda oh, or something like yeah the thing i read said like both things are the coordinates there's like another instance where coordinates are given neither of them are in the united states and they like <laughs> definitively are not going to those places that's amazing so that's stuff that's in only the special edition like in the theatrical version all he does is type the radiation levels are okay and which yeah. didn't she already know that Th- that's that's one of the big structural problems in this movie like the, what is the mystery like she thinks there's a problem she finds out her hunch was right she tells mcleod then he goes to also confirm it again, and then he's just flat out told. And then they like, confirm it a third time. It's just like, how many yeah. times do we need yeah. to, like, there's literally no mystery in this movie. Because I feel like you could build some drama there. It's like, well, if we, if we shut it off and we're wrong, we like, kill everybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, but no. But so, yeah, that, that really fixes that problem that, like, there's coordinates. It's like, you need to verify this, and I haven't been able to do it yet, or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, okay, now we have a mission. Like, thank you for moving the plot along. So then Blake comes in. This is Dr. Cox. This is our first introduction. David Blake. In. Or yeah. not first introduction, I guess. Yeah, this is our TV. first, like, real scene with him. And he's, like, monitoring Alan's iPad conversations or whatever the heck it is. And he meets Mac for the first time. He's like, oh, yes, I forgot you were still alive. Which is what? <laughs> like I don't know. I like Mac's response of always. Yeah. Always. And so then like Mac is like, How's the shield business? And they there's like some animosity between them. Like it's tense. But then there's this thing that like Blake's like, You built the shield shield to last forever. And Mac's like, nothing lasts forever. Except you. And again, I don't understand the themes of this movie. 
this is another one of those instances where like this seems like a big line in a movie that deals with immortality. Nothing yeah, lasts forever. forever. And it's like, but everybody that does seem to live forever Where, in this universe. Like, yeah. I don't know either. It's fucking shitty writing. That's yeah. what it is. Like, there's all these, like, catchphrases, it would seem, yeah. in the movie. Like, it's a kind of magic. Like, nothing lasts forever. Like, these just, there's, like, these lines that are there, like, purely for, I guess, style? I don't know. I don't They're know not, either. it's not good. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much the end of this scene, like. Alan's like, oh, well, now that you're in, like, Blake escorts Alan, like, to work. He's like, well, yeah. let's get to work. And that's the scene. This is all recut in the special edition. So do you guys want, do we want to talk about how different this is? Uh, so I guess Mac looks over, and there's, like, a, mo- like a kind of a cool model of the shield, like, right. on Alan's table. And they go over and kind of reminisce about, like, you know, like, they're both having, like, regrets about it. It's like, should, should we have done this, blah, blah, blah. And Mac picks up goggles that are on the table, puts and, them on, and, and this is the transition to... What the original opening was, which is, well, him in that bunker with the goggles. Right, when they turn the shield on for the first time. The way this is shot, like, this clearly was supposed to be where this flashback went, like, because of the way it transitioned. Like, this is like a Russell McKay... It's an okay transition. It's a pretty okay transition. Yeah. Yeah. So we basically get that scene played out just the way it was in the beginning of the theatrical cut. Uh, Although there's none of that, like, like, the voiceover, like, all the radio announcements. That's all stuff that was just in the theatrical cut. But yeah, it all plays out pretty much the same, but with some, like, new special effects, and it looks pretty good, I guess. I guess. All things considered. Sorry, Eamon. Fuck no. (laughs) And then, yeah, then we're back in Alan's office, and that's where he gives Mac the coordinates for, like, you got to go above the mountain range. and Yeah. Also, th- this thing with, like, the mountain range, like, this doesn't make sense with, like, just the way the shield seems to operate, which it's, like, connects to satellites that, like, beam it across to each other. It's, like, this seems like it's miles in the sky. Like, yeah. Like, and it seems like mountain? if something was obstructing it, it wouldn't work. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and, like, what mountain is he going to or over? Everest? I don't know. Like, is this yeah. shield, like, lopsided? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, is this shield really low? Is that why there's, like, no rain? It's because the shield is, like, so low oh. to the ground. It's like... I guess that doesn't match with the footage we see when the Zeistians come to Earth, right? Doesn't the shield seem further out? It does. It does, but... That's an interesting way to think about it, though, that it's low. But if it was that low, couldn't you get above it? In a bunch of ways. But I think the shield keeps things in, so they need to find a hole yeah. to get above it. What about planes? Like, planes need to fly, like, above the clouds. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. that scene in the plane. <laughs> like, uh, the planes can't be flying that low. No. Fuck. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe flying has changed. Maybe flying has changed. <laughs> they, like, <laughs> they don't pressurize the cabins anymore because you fly so low. Well, they're flying all those old planes from the 40s in this movie. Yeah. All right, so now we cut back to Zeist. Zeist. It's about time, baby. Uh, And so this is the scene in the theatrical version where Zeist decides, like, it's time to get back into action and, like, I got to take control. Yeah, General. Why? I I don't know. He's just like, well, those guys failed, so I got to do it now for some reason. No, you don't. (laughs) Why not wait for him to be mortal and come here and kill him? Is there still a rebellion he's fighting? Who knows? They never even explain why he wants him other than he doesn't like him. Whatever like, Ramirez Katana. says, like, I feel like was supposed to have more, like, or there was supposed to be more to Ramirez's dialogue when he's like, I have eyes that can see differently than yours. Like, Connor's somehow the chosen, like, there, there's some prophecy that Katana knows about. And, like, he knows that Connor will end him if he doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, I guess. but I feel like they don't show that enough to, sh- yeah. like, because that's the motivation, I guess. Right. Ugh. I guess. <laughs> I guess. So again, who knows if he has a crystal ball, and I guess he decides to go. Uh, we also get introduced now to his sword. Which yes, extends. His, his extendable sword. Yeah, which is kind of like a Kurgan-y 
thing, I guess. Only instead of snapping together, it shoots out. Yeah, yeah. it's like a telescoping sword. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's that Zeistian technology. Yeah. I mean, I guess I appreciate the fact that, like, that's at least a design thing that, that carries over, at least. It's like, yeah. oh, like, if the Kurgan was from here, they, they both have, like, weapons that are similar, I guess. I don't know. If they want something done right, do it yourself. And he decides to make a beeline for the A-train. So, yeah. yeah, like, he, like, crash lands for some reason. Like, through, the goons don't. Through a train. Yeah. Through, like, through, through, the, through the floor. Sh- yeah. Through the street. Down through the roof of a train onto a train. Like a moving train. Uh, So then there's all this like bone crunching and stuff like when he gets up. Uh, This is so weird. And he's like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Like, He's so stoked about this for some reason. Well, I read like he did this stunt himself because his stuntman was high on coke. What? (laughs) And like tried to do it and like broke bones or something. Oh, God. So then... Michael Ironside did that stunt of like falling through the train himself. And he pauses because he's like making sure he didn't break anything. And then he realizes they're still filming. And that's when he stands up and goes, Yes. And like, <laughs> I read that in an interview. Or that's something. amazing. Yeah. That's really funny. So, wait, did Michael Ironside's break anything or was it the, no, stunt, the, coke, the stunt guy? The coke stunt guy. He only lost a bit of guy. his finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, Looks like we're not in Kansas anymore because how does more- he know that reference? <laughs> yeah. uh, so. I guess when he's when he's on Zeist watching Connor and he yeah. like, just gets bored and flips around. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing that you bring that up because on IMDb, of, you know, they always have like goofs, right? Some very persnickety person. There's like a label for incorrectly thought of as a goof, <laughs> and they like mentioned like his anachronistic references to like things like Wizard of Oz, and it's like, well, actually, he could have seen them by using his monitoring device because they established that he's been monitoring McCloud, uh. and it's like, so like he's the mayor of a planet <laughs> or the general warlord priest goon of a planet, and he's like taking some time off to watch like american movies from the 30s like that's what <laughs> that's he's just like, what he does that, yeah he's like oh i'm really into this like, he's have watching, you heard of technicolor <laughs> he's watching connor watch a full-length movie <laughs> <laughs> it's like isn't there any like zeist media that he'd rather consume or like zeist media <laughs> It's bonkers. And the fact that somebody felt the need to be, like, falsely thought of as a goof. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so he beats up some guy, right? With a weird eyepiece. Yeah, he's got, like, Google glasses on yeah. or whatever. And it's like, again, it's like, what kind of future is this? Like, uh. there's no air to breathe, but yeah. they've got, like, VR goggles yeah. that everyone wears. It was actually a VR trooper. Then we get a big, uh, there's a big alteration. He in steals the... his jacket. Well, yeah. he steals, oh, he steals the jacket, like, Terminator style. Yeah. Yeah, yo clothes and your boots give them to me and they must not have had a lot of time to film this or just want to get it like the lights go out so they don't actually have to show the fight they can just show him getting the jacket yeah i guess that's okay to just make sure it's like well let's just get this over with they were like he needs to be in a trench coat because that's the look of these movies i guess the the people need to wear trench coats that's the thing i don't know why can't he just wear his fucking clothes i don't know he's gotta put his that sword somewhere buddy i don't know (laughs) <laughs> it's f- I'm fine with it. But it is like a very Terminator thing. Uh, so now we need to talk about uh, the psychic cook. Oh, my God. Because there's like a, uh, there's a little interstitial scene. Uh, this is in the, the special edition. That they, again, added this humor back in? Very strange. Let's listen to this. The psychic cook. 
Step into the paranormal of this. pantry with the special guest ghost and prepare meals from beyond the grave. Spooky sauces to ghostly goulashes. It's a whole lot of fun. I think that looks like shit. Weekdays yep. And the ghosts are fighting in the background. <laughs> I don't get this at all. Uh, it's all supposed to be like this RoboCop shit. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Like, I feel like but that Robo- that on its own is not like. I mean, it's like a goofy, silly thing. But it's like, not funny. No, that's. <laughs> that, that, you know what this is ripping off? The Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Harvey Corman. <laughs> it is like. <laughs> He's supposed to be like a weird Julia Child. Yeah. Character. The psychic cook. Yeah. Oh, oh my god all right so this is kind of the intro at least in the special edition of the train scene let's talk about the train Fucking scene train scene is the craziest thing i've ever seen so we should just talk about i think the special edition train yeah. scene because that's just the longer version of the it's really long and it's just <laughs> michael ironside like terrorizing this train for reasons well he picks yeah. up a kid he's like you ever want to drive one of these and the kid's like yeah he's like me, me too. too it's like what how do you know what this even is yeah. like again like ah. and he's like he beats the one guy up they show what the guy's watching in the special edition on his like eyepiece where they don't show that in the other oh version. i didn't know what was he watching some like weird gruesome news footage or something Ugh. it's weird but he's just like Marching through the train, like pushing people, beating people up, scaring children, scaring children. He goes into like the cockpit or whatever you call it, the conductor's cabin. I don't know. Gets rid of the conductor and just starts maxing this thing out, which which is a which is just like a little turn crank. Yeah. And also, what magic train is this? That gets up to if I'm really, it goes 400 miles per hour. Is over, that what I'm, I think but, it was over 400, 400 miles per hour? Is how like it's shooting electricity everywhere. Like the shield takes all the power from the entire planet, but like a shitty subway train can like break the sound barrier. And like people inside the cabin are like flying all over <laughs> right. the place. Like this thing is like breaking the sound barrier it's going so fast and like people are hitting the windows and blood's flying out of their mouths the like dummies are being thrown everywhere the guy with the eyes his eyes start to bug he has a fake head but his eyes are but there's no payoff like that guy's head should have exploded right that's what i was thinking of and this is the second highlander movie in a row that has like a fake head (laughs) but like no payoff this fake head thing boggles my mind (laughs) But like everybody's flying around. There's like a baby, like a fake baby that yeah. like flies. yeah that gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that everyone on that train dies. Oh, Every uh, single person. Yeah, this is just a ripoff of the Kurgan Joyride. Yeah, but accomplishes none of the things the Kurgan Joyride kind of does. Nope. That tells you stuff about the character. It's like this is a guy who's like lived forever. I don't know. He's either like a thrill seeker. He doesn't regard human life at like we don't know anything about Katana. Yeah. at all and he just shows up and it's just like i guess i'll just kill everybody for fun like yep i don't know it doesn't seem to have any weight to to it it just no. feels like it's this hollow shell of something that was kind of cool in the first movie yeah well the first movie it was like a i mean it was a good scene for one thing like, <laughs> they had that going for it yeah <laughs> he's terrorizing one person like you definitely get something out of it yeah and this is just like look how wacky 
Settlers of Katana is. It's like <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. I feel like this scene in another movie I would love. This feels like the sort of like B movie scene that like great horror movies have. That like you relish. It's like this is such like what a crazy like there's a baby getting thrown around, there's blood. Like it's so gruesome and crazy. I feel like this is actually a cool scene in another movie. Like this scene is almost iconic. If you were watching like Santa's Slay or like one of those yeah. kind of movies, yeah. But here it's just confusing. <laughs> yes, and then how does it end? He crashes, he crashes the train through a wall, and then he gets out and he looks at the camera. Oh my god! And he yes. goes, "Last stop." Uh, this movie breaks the fourth wall. Yeah. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> this is the first time we've really seen Michael Ironsides doing his thing. What What do we think so far? Eh. I do not like this villain at all. No. Let's Regardless of Michael Ironside, like, again, I think he's okay in some movies where this is warranted, but, I mean, it seems like this is exactly what Greg Wyden was afraid of in the first movie, when he was like, yeah, they really wanted the Kurgan to do some, like, silly stuff, I wanted him to be more serious, and I honestly think the Kurgan's performance works kind of well, because mm. he becomes kind of this, like, anarchist punk guy. It makes up for it with attitude that, like, is sensible for the time and place. Yeah, but like at least, like, they gave him, like, a punk character. And it's like, so his, like, crazy actions, I feel like, fit into that a little bit. Where it's yeah. like, this is, he's so wacky. Like, like uh, why, why did they just make him, like, a really hard, like, he's supposed to be a general. Like, make him this, like, really, how you know. Is, how is this guy not, like, deposed instantly? Yeah. <laughs> like, how does anyone take him seriously on the entire planet that he <laughs> yeah. runs. He's just like a bloodthirsty monster. He's got no credibility. Yeah. He's just not a good bad guy. Not a good bad guy. The next scene is at a grave. Uh, yeah. So Connor is at, I guess, Brenda's grave, and he's putting mm -hmm. flowers on there. Yep. The flowers looked weird to me. Did They look? They, they looked like heavy for some yeah. reason. I was like, are those know. flowers? Who knows? And then Katana just shows up. Yep. Smooches a statue. Yes. Which like a see? little cherub. Yeah. Did you see the thing in the special features about all the statues? Oh, yeah. that They're, they're all these, like, they're, they're carved. carved out of goop or something. They're, like, foam, I think. Yeah. Or? Yeah. That are, like, over wire. And, like, they found some, like, local artisan who made, like, every statue in the movie. That's pretty cool. The statues look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, those big ones are awesome looking. Yeah. yeah. So, it's, in any case, oh, yeah. it's Katana just, crashes this party. He's just taunting McLeod. And McLeod's kind of like, well, you kind of fucked your plan up because I'm like immortal again. And like, I was back... just going to die. <laughs> yeah. I'm like back to being better than ever. It's I'm like, back to square one. That's right. Oh, <laughs> but then it's revealed they're on holy ground. Like that rule pops up out of nowhere. And like Katana honors it. Yeah. Right. Why? Was that a Zeist rule? Was that originally a Zeist rule that's carried over to Earth? I thought, did they say that in the opening sequence no. with the judges? No. No. They never mentioned the Holy Grail nope. thing. No, it's just mentioned here. It's first really? Time, first time it's mentioned. Oh, God. Which if you haven't seen the first one, like, you're like, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, if you I... haven't checked out already at this point, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like you're paying much attention anymore at this point in the movie. Yeah, no, it's, like, hard to stay focused. But he's like, and this is Holy Ground. Because he, like, steps on her grave. Yeah. And is like, I think I'll stay. It's just, This also plays out, like, Mac is like, oh, I'm glad things don't change. He's like, you're still a jerk. And it's yeah, like, oh, God, this, that's this so plays, dumb. The way this all plays out is that they have this, like, grand history together. And it's like, like you met Katana for the very first time, it would seem, at the beginning of the movie. But I assume he'd been fighting him for a long time. I guess so. Like, he was aware of him. Also, he's apparently, like, a mass murderer. Jerk kind of undersells it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess they don't get to fight. I don't exactly know how they get out of this interaction, but... Well, 
Connor, I guess this... they, get, they get broken up by a priest. Fuck. Also, does Katana have to win the game to go home? Did he, like, exile himself? Like, what's Zeist's government doing? Do they know he's even there? I guess he's only gone for a couple days. He's like, yeah, I'm going to the beach house. Yeah. Don't wait up for me. Is that because we're quarter in Reno, like, the Zeist Secret Service? <laughs> also, Katana, I guess, does not know that Ramirez is there. And also, just thinking ahead in the movie, I don't think he ever even comments that Ramirez is there, does he? I don't he? think he ever encounters him, They don't he? meet, do they? I don't think they do. I think he... Doesn't he see him in the security cam footage? Oh, Probably. Maybe. Or no. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I think he wow. just sees uh, Connor and uh, Louise, right? So weird. I, I don't... Boo! So anyway, this scene plays out very differently in the special edition, because when Connor's visiting the grave, this triggers another flashback. Some of this footage is used in the opening, which is that like that big crane shot over the uh, the beds, like the the burn ward or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so Connor is visiting Brenda in in the hospital, essentially, and she's one of like the sun radiations victims. Right. Yeah, she's all burned up and stuff. This isn't a very like <laughs> good ending for her character. Is it her voice? Is no, it? no, it's yeah. someone else entirely. And like Great. they cover her face with bandages, and it's yeah. all scabby and shit. No. So like you can't tell. I think the best part of this scene is the cool sweeping shot of all the hospital beds. I thought that was like awesome. The scene just starts with him visiting her, and it's like one lone person in a bed who's dying, and then he walks away, and the the car- like the the beds go on forever. And I was like, yeah. this is just a really great stylish shot that yeah, shows you the like, scope of the problem. Yeah, uh, it's really effective. So this works out pretty well. Also, I believe is that our last flashback for the movie because we haven't really talked about that. This movie essentially features no flashbacks. Unless you count the planet Zeiss. Yeah, unless you count Zeiss, I guess 1999 counts yeah. as a flashback. I mean, like, I don't know. Which was still a flash forward, because this movie, it was still set the, a flash to the future <laughs> of this movie. Yeah. The flashbacks aren't, like, good, like, in the first movie. Where they're, like, the highlight of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Where they're, like, they're not period pieces in this. They've decided yeah. to make the present a period piece. Right. The future, as it were. And uh. then the flashbacks just looked like normal 1990s shit. Yep. It's very strange. Uh, indeed. Oh, so uh, they can't fight on Holy Ground with Katana. And then Katana says, ashes to ashes, dust, dust to, to dust. dust. If you don't take it out and use it, it's going to rust. He must have not been watching when yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt got it on in that alleyway. Oh. That's right. <laughs> it's a kind of magic. That's... <laughs> and Dick Lambert pulls in and he's like, I'm sorry, it's all rusty. <laughs> zeisty. It's so zeisty. <laughs> Zeistfully clean. So now we get Connery. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Nice threads, dude. Yeah, so Connery's, like, being blown away by the power of, like, movie magic. Sees himself on TV. Yeah, which the the guy who walks by and tells him nice threads, for whatever reason, is not on the TV. I don't know why that happens, but... Yeah. (laughs) Well, in the the theatrical version, do you even see the dude? I feel like he just says it off screen, but in the renegade version you see the dude interesting walk by yeah, yeah. connery's like shithead shithead right because now he's using it right yeah also the other guy was complimenting him so let's i don't understand. yeah i like i just have shithead like <laughs> right he complimented you or or is he still using it wrong and is he trying to thank him he says understand. it with a tone though he does like, say it he with says a tone. it like shithead 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 is he getting the guy's like sarcasm did we think that guy was being sarcastic i didn't i thought he was i like, thought he was genuine i yeah. too because also that guy cool threads yeah because also that guy i feel like they the way they showed that guy like he was dressed kind of like a punk or like he had yeah. crazy like he had kind of crazy clothes so he'd be like, oh, like, you got these crazy clothes, too. Bruh. 
Bra. I don't know. Oh, also, I have a question here because we're about to get into this montage of him getting uh, a suit. They're supposed to be in Scotland, right? So, Scotland. Yes. So the Egyptian guy, he beams down to Scotland. He speaks with a Scottish accent. The actor playing Hamlet speaks with an English accent. The guy who walks by and says nice threads has an American accent. The stage director had like some kind of Eastern European Other sounding accent. accent. Get and off the stage! And then, yeah. and then we go into the uh, the tailor and that guy has a very proper British exactly. accent. It's like, where are we? Yeah. Like, there are no, the only Scottish person in Scotland is Sean Connery. Who's a gypsy. Who's a gypsy. Yeah. And, and also, this is like Who's not, actually an alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not to say like that like people from all over the place live in places like Scotland and England. Sure. So like, but like when you're trying to establish in a movie that you're in a place. Where you're yeah. in a place, it's like these are kind of tropes to use, like you know, like it's like have them speak in yeah. the accent of the land, so yeah. we know where we are. Yeah, and it's instantly confusing. I would like a shoot of clothes, and why not? This is the finest establishment <laughs> for clothes in Scotland, or like and, the oldest Otis, or yeah. something. He's like, well, it could take a couple days, and then like Connery curses at him again. Like he's like, I damn well need this. Like it's like what? Yeah. Like he's, what? No, he says like, I'm afraid you don't understand. It I'm afraid, sir, oh, that's doesn't right. understand. I damn well do understand. And then he says, it's sir, like, does understand. And that <laughs> feels like another, like, that's, that, the way he says I damn well do understand, that feels like the double dumbass on you. Like, yeah. that feels like there was another line in this movie where he learned another curse word and yeah. was also learning to use that one. But like, these are swears that existed when he existed. I guess. Yeah. It's very strange. Then he just gives him his goofy earring, and the guy just looks at him <laughs> like, all right. And he snaps. He uses yeah. my least favorite thing in any movie or media the snap to command someone to do things this taylor guy is so goofy like when he said that like this is the oldest taylor in scotland i just laughed <laughs> it's like this is a cartoon is this like a bugs bunny cartoon so then yeah, we well, get... well connery's about to hit him with an anvil yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> we get a montage set to all midi music M- midi yeah. music of william tell yeah, yeah. So like how could they not find how could they not license a version a recording of the william tell overture they blew the money on that sweet sweet railway shot yeah, yeah boy so this is i think kind of at least a fun scene and at the end of it we get to see a handsome man dressed in a handsome suit and that's like great like and they make some joke about putting like a little tartan pattern on him yeah even though he's not scottish but he is scottish but he is yep. scottish. they're in scotland too so like they're having a blast and drinking some whiskey these quips in this line he then is like a challenge really does bring out the best in man and it's like is this a line? Like, he says it like it has some meaning. God damn it, guys. I don't know. These lines really upset me. Anyway, uh, hey, I have something really positive to say about this scene, actually. Ooh. I think some of the best shooting in this scene happens. Uh, the scene before he leaves, when he's, like, checking himself out in the mirror, I think this is filmed great. There's, like, six mirrors, mm-hmm. and, like, the dialogue moves between them. Like, they're always just kind of, like, shifting over to the next mirror, and, like... They'll be talking, like, they'll be looking away from each other, but kind of looking at themselves in the mirror. I think this is, like, very well filmed. Check it out. I don't know. We'll post it on Facebook. It's put together nicely. Good job, Russell. Good job. So, like, now he's looking all dapper, like a modern man. And he's like, well, can can we get sort of a limo? And he's like, limo? Airport? (laughs) Flying? Of course. He just says he has to make a journey, and I'm like... He could be making a long journey and still be in Scotland, right? Yeah. I mean, why does big. he automatically assume he's flying somewhere? I assume the quickest way is still to fly. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not a crazy thing. He's like, you're like a limit of the airport. That's not an insane question. Anyway, so Connery, of course, takes him up on this and decides to go fly to the United States, I guess. Where is this movie set? I don't know where this movie's set at yeah, all. I don't know. Who knows? I assumed the United States. Yeah, me too, but I don't know if they ever say. Ah. Yeah. Like I mean, I mean, the, the main cast is a Frenchman, an American, a Scottish woman. I guess Michael Ironsides is American. All the extras are Argentinian. Uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think Michael Ironside's Canadian. Oh, is he? I think so. All right, international. This movie's set in Canada. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it's Seacouver in the future. Maybe they're just on, like, one of Zeist's moons, Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Ramirez ends up on a plane. This looks terrible, the special effects. They're on, like, it looks like Flash Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Like the red background. So then... Queen Connection. That's right. Uh, Yeah. Ramirez turns to the woman sitting next to him. And says, like, forgive me, but how do we remain so high above the earth? And then she just starts cackling. Like, yeah. unrelated to anything. And it's like, are, I was just like, is she on drugs? Like, is she? Yeah. I, I have no like, idea what's happening right now. She's drunk. And well, well eventually the, we find that yeah, out. Yeah. In, in the extended cut, they include that she makes a joke that cracks her up. She's like, remind me again how we stay afloat safely. She's like, by drinking. Hello. And that's what cracks her up. Right. Why would they cut that? Like, it makes know. the scene yeah. crazy. It makes it make yep. no sense. It's like, <laughs> why is she dying laughing? Like, I literally thought, like, oh, like, there's a real painkiller problem in 1990, in 2024, like now. Then we also get a safety video that comes on mid, is, mid-flight, I guess. This is crazy. I assume that he optionally turned it on. Okay. She yeah. didn't, like, that he sought it out. And it's just, the like, footage of a plane crashing. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, make sure you buckle your seatbelts. I don't know. The plane's like getting ripped in half. People yeah. are screaming. It's like the train scene. People are yeah. flying around the cabin of the plane. And then a model. I really like that it's a model. model. Like, yeah. Dinkily crashes yes. into a mountain. And like, there's a little fire. <laughs> and that, like, I thought that was all kind of funny. Again, it's like a Robocop thing. Yeah. I was like, why is this happening? Like, the tone is all fucked up in this movie and it doesn't match the first movie so then we just kind of cut back to later on the plane like this plane sequence is just keeps going also that's like a hallmark it would seem of the way the bond company cut this movie together like they just took like scenes and put them next to each other yeah we're cl- in the special edition this it's part of the plane scene and another yeah. they're like separated like we get a sense of time like at the end of the movie it's real fucked up because they decide to just take two swords fights and, and mash, mash them, them together, together and it doesn't make any yeah. sense and they take place rightfully so in two different parts of the movie so it's very strange the way they edited this but we're back on the plane and so connery is telling should we play this clip? We'll just talk about uh, it. So I don't know. All right. This is, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to play another clip, uh, though, because so Connery uh, is like talking about like the beautiful women of history. Like this woman has dark hair that's sitting next to him. And he's like, oh, but dark haired women are very beautiful, like Nefertiti, Cleopatra, Helen of Troy. And then he goes, it's known that dark Joan of Arc, who I'm pretty sure was like. 15 when she died so yeah. gross but go on <laughs> he's like oh it's it's true that uh you know dark haired women are known to and then whisper whisper so that's in the theatrical and she laughs and she giggles right so it's like oh okay he probably made some sort of sexual joke or whatever it is like something he's hitting on this woman hard and so in the theatrical version he just whispers and you can't it's inaudible in the special edition they decide to make it audible like yeah. it's hard to hear but you can yeah. if, if you, you turn it up yeah. it's yeah. it's clear as day he says it's true that dark-haired women like to sit on men's faces this is a joke in this movie <laughs> that needed to needed to be in needed yeah. to be reinserted and 
it really changes the meaning of a subsequent joke that comes right after it. Uh, yeah. Which makes which, no sense in the theatrical version. Well, like, I don't know if it makes no sense, but it, it's weird. Uh. Like, they offer food, and Connery says, like, I do not eat things I cannot identify. And this is right after he's made the sit-on-men's-faces uh. joke. And then he's like, that's not always true, of course. And it's like, what, what? are you saying? But why, can't, why couldn't he identify it? Why can't he identify <laughs> that, that's the crazy thing about this. Like, they set up this joke, like, I can't eat stuff I don't identify. They never show it. Like, yeah. we have no idea what this future food even looks like. Like, what the fuck could it be? Yeah. yeah. It would be funny if it was something pretty basic. It's like it was some potato chips. Well, it would be yeah. funny if it was something like, uh, like what, what would be something, I was going to say, like, sushi, but, like, his character is supposed to, like, travel to Japan. But, like, right. sushi started kind of making its way into America in the, like, late 70s. Like, something he wouldn't have been familiar, like, something trendy or right. something. Like, that would have made sense. Or like a Twinkie or something. Yeah, that would have been good. Cheetos. Yeah. Yeah, perfect, perfect. That's a joke. And it's something that we all can relate to. And we're like, oh, they're just Cheetos. And he's like, I don't know what they are, but I'll eat the pussy. (laughs) It's so weird. It's not entirely true, like, meaning he eats that, eats pussy. But it's like... (laughs) Why wouldn't he be able to identify that? Also, good question that he has, I guess, anatomy issues. Yeah, I'm like, what? I don't know. Let's talk about That's actually his excuse for not doing it. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's like, I don't do that. <laughs> oh, boy. He, he, he doesn't reciprocate. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Connery is an asshole, right? Isn't oh. he? Yeah, Connery apparently was like sued at least I think two times. Oh yeah, I read about this yeah. on production. One, I think the assistant director sued him for sexual harassment. He worked on this movie for upwards of nine days, and and he got sued twice. What in connection with this movie? Yes. Holy shit! And was one of them in connection with the scene? I don't, I don't know. know. It's very possible. He did have a sec. Uh, like one of the producers, I think, sued him for sexual like misconduct or something. That's crazy so i think we should if, if everyone's not aware of sean connery's like history i want to play this clip of sean, an interview with sean connery this is tangentially related is this with baba wawa Siced. so Siced. a little bit on our hero sean connery you did an interview in which you said it's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then as i remember you said you don't do it with a clenched fist it's better to do it with an open hand mm-hmm. yeah remember that yeah yeah and i didn't I, love that i haven't changed my opinion you haven't no not at all. You think it's good to slap a woman? No, I don't think it's good. You I don't think, think it's bad? It must, I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. Well, what would merit it? Well, if you have tried everything else, and oh women God. are pretty good at this, oh, you God. can't leave it alone. Yeah, right. It's their yeah. fault. They don't they want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. Oh, my God. They want to say it again. And... and get into a really provocative situation, then <laughs> I think it's absolutely right. Oh, what would okay. You All right. Sean Connery, you asshole. I also, mean, Barbara Walters is kind of a badass. Yeah. We should, never, we should not take away from, like, yeah, so, she's rough. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. Uh, so that was from 1987, an interview with Sean Connery. So, wow. What, what a weird guy. Yeah. Not a weird guy. Weird, despicable, in a lot of ways, guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did make his name by playing one of the most chauvinistic characters in of all time. <laughs> history. Yeah. All right. So 
We got a new scene. Uh, this is the essentially silver room scene of this movie. So mm. in the first movie, there's a scene where Brenda is, she goes into McLeod's like secret room where he stashes all his stuff from history. And this mirrors that scene identically, including the way they shoot it. Like, so it's this cool shot of Luis going up like a spiral staircase. Yeah. And the camera is spinning. And that's exactly the way the silver room scene starts in the original. They get into the room and the camera like spins around it. So mm. I feel like the creating some connections it looks really cool sure we get a lot of deep history on mac here so in like oh, 1902 yeah. he was playing football yeah i yeah. guess in america yeah, yeah like a really badly photoshopped picture of him like manning yeah. a, a right like a giant artillery rifle so i guess he was in one of the world wars right uh he was the captain of a ship called the rosemary in 1858 this is crazy so in the theatrical version it's like there's this diary that is like also has like blood splattered on it. Yeah. And there's a voiceover of Connor coming on and he just goes, Ship's log for the Rosemary, 1858. And that's it. And there's no more no, voiceover. There's no date. And it's like, oh, whatever. And then like there's just no more information. It's like yeah. you can barely read what the, the writing yeah. says. And it's like, I had to like like freeze frame the fucking thing to be like, what the fuck is going on? It's like it's like they're adrift or whatever. I don't know again, know why they cut out unless he didn't record all the dialogue. Which seems crazy. What they get yeah. him? They they got him to say this is the ship's log of the Rosemary, and then didn't finish. Like, yeah, we go. No, we got to no. Are you sure there's not more. No, we got it. We uh, got it, Amber. So yeah, in the, the yeah. in the special edition, they put the voiceover back, yeah. so we get to actually hear what the fuck was going on. And I don't like. Who cares? Like, <laughs> well, this is like the cheap version of doing a flashback. Yeah, we're not gonna do a flashback, but we'll just talk about it. Yeah, it's just like a scene that like is panning across written words in a and diary. She, and she's already invested in him. She also yeah. knows that he's immortal. Like right. that this was the a, pivotal scene where he brought her into this thing. Like, look at all this history I've lived. Yeah, and I'm going to show you how that was possible. I'm immortal. In this, it's, she it's, knows already. It doesn't yeah, matter. Like, yeah. this is ah the mechanics of these movies. Like the functionality of the scene doesn't make sense. Nope. Very good. <laughs> and she sees a drawing of uh, Heather. I think that's only in the special, special edition. edition. And by drawing, it's a photograph of someone else. Yeah. <laughs> it's like really just a photo, I think. <laughs> like a sepia-toned photo. A sepia-toned photo. Which doesn't make sense, right? No. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a drawing. Really? It's a, yeah. I think it's like a painting of Heather. Yeah. It's a painting. It's supposed a sepia-toned to be a, painting. It's supposed yeah. to be a painting. Because <laughs> they didn't have cameras. <laughs> obviously yeah but also it is a picture of heather not played by heather bdne so we cut outside and katana dropped off in a cab oh my god this entire interaction so we get to meet the new goon jerry who's just like this cab driver man jerry pritchard I'm jerry you're, my, Pritch you're my sister dude yeah you're like in the music industry right i know things my name's Jerry Pritchard, man. <laughs> Katana also goes in the back. He's like, it's comfortable back here. Like a coffin. It's a coffin. You sleep what in What is that? Like he sleeps. He's, he looks some kind of Dracula. He Are you just like a go like goth-sized guy? Like, <laughs> yep. I don't understand. This adds a weird layer to his character, that he's like obsessed with death or a vampire or what? I guess. I have no idea. So he's being delivered to the Shield Corporation castle yeah. where their board meetings are taking place. In the theatrical version, he's being delivered to the Shield yeah. Yeah. meeting because this is this, clearly the church. Yes, this is a whole or or oh, it's the church he's getting dropped. No, it's I, just some. No, warehouse. this is like an empty warehouse. Yeah, yeah. What? This is where they fight on the top roof. Yeah. At some point, oh. and he drops the guy from the shaft. 
He drops Jerry. Yeah. In the special edition, he's like wrecking Jerry's cab. In the theatrical version, too. Yeah. yeah and Jerry loves it. Like, he's like, whoa, this is crazy, man. You're crazy. <laughs> I What's next? Stayed, I should have stayed in school. Like, there's all this weird ADR dialogue. It's insane. I have no idea. Like, I'm not sure what Jerry's reaction actually is to yeah. any of this. I, he kind of seems into it at first. He's like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this guy's voice. Awesome. Did anyone think the cursing in this movie was a. I don't want to say a lot. Well, it's a lot in this scene. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like, the original Highlander movie has almost no cursing, I want to say. Just, like, a few notable instances. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember. Like, I felt like when they were cursing in this movie... It's jarring. It's, like, jarring. So uh, I put together a little supercut of all the curses, Ooh. which are pretty good. You're such an asshole. Son of a bitch! <laughs> I'm afraid Sir Damwell does understand. What's your fucking game, shithead? Oh, shit. I always wanted to meet the guy that turned the world to shit. Shithead. God damn! Woo! Shit! Fuck! Yeah! Yes, it looks as though you fucked up, eh, partner? Holy shit! <laughs> uh, that's my favorite one. Yeah, because that one's Lambert. Call- Holy shit. shit! Saying that is a fan. <laughs> He's saying that at the villain in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I wish he cursed as an old man. Fuck me, Jimmy. Jimmy, you're a good boy. So we're now inside the board meeting, and I guess this is where Katana got dropped off in the theatrical version. I guess. And so Blake is going on. He says there's been a shuffling of the deck since yesterday. So what is that? I immediately am thinking like, well, he was having a talk with Alan. He's like, Alan, come into my office. Yeah. We're going to get to work. It's like, oh, he's fired Alan because like this is all kind of checking out. It's like, OK, um, we will find out in the next scene that Alan has not been fired yet. So that's not what he's referring to. The shuffling of the deck he's referring to is the cobalt attack. I guess it says they attack their August installation. So there's another shield generator. Right. Do you guys remember the uh, September 11th, uh, 2001 shuffling of the deck? Because <laughs> remember that? He's referring to a terrorist attack as a shuffling of the deck. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I, I know. still am not clear that that's what he meant. I thought I'm it was. So, I was. I'm still so deeply confused about what that line means. Yeah. In the special edition, is it actually cut out, of, like cut differently? So Alan does get fired. Like he confronts Alan about all that stuff. So it does make sense. Well, like if he had... Alan's about to get locked in the slammer. When I heard this, I thought that they had recut it and changed the order of those two scenes such that that had not yet happened to Alan. The order of this is insane. Like, the meeting doesn't come until way later in the special edition. Like, after, like, a whole fight scene and confrontation and all sorts of stuff. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, So, Katana enters the room. Uh, at this point in the movie, I was I took note of his hairstyle. I was like, everyone in this movie has the same haircut. Like, yeah. Luis, Connor, <laughs> Katana, Ramirez. Like, they all just have, like, long, flowing, curly locks. Yeah. Speaking of curly locks, something we didn't mention, when they're at the grave talking to Katana, Lambert's like, oh, you fucked it up by bringing me back. And he twirls yeah, his, his hair. hair. Yeah. What is going on? No kiss. No kiss. Yeah. <laughs> right away, I'm like, why is Katana here? How does he know any of this stuff? I guess uh, through the, the crystal ball, right? Yes. Yeah. That he just knows that Mac There's is related to the and, shield yeah. thing. I don't know. So he chokes this guy. The guard. And like drags yeah. him like across the floor. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of badass, I guess. I guess. Crunches his head. 
or like well first blake is like oh I, i've had quite enough of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so the guy like plugs katana a bunch of times and he's like, oh very nicely done nicely right. done so they just yeah. murder people willy-nilly in this future in the shield in the ths <laughs> boardroom <laughs> thx <laughs> then he gets back up katana and there's like lightning sounds which i thought was kind of neat yeah like there was like crackling sounds <laughs> all right <laughs> and so then he goes and grabs the sky oh, and yeah. like Sort of slams him against the table, but his head is clearly not hitting the table. (laughs) Yeah, it's like very clearly not. And then his shoulder a lot kills him by ripping his jaw open. Yeah, confusing. Don't I guess maybe. No. And there's I, just like crunching noises. It's, it's pretty gruesome, I think. I think. I think. I'm not even sure what's happening. It's yeah. too like. It but he definitely like well. puts his hands like in his mouth and like under his teeth. Yeah. Like, this made me think of the scene in The Dark Knight where the Joker like goes into Gamble's pool room. Yeah. And it's like, how did he kill Gamble? Because it just looks like he cut his face and then he's dead. Right. It had like the similar like. What exactly happened here? <laughs> then he sits next to Cox and is like part of this now. Yeah, he's like, I think no business can run without partners. What do you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're partners, right? And Cox is just like, uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, what is this plan? Like, I have no idea what the plan is at this point. Like, it's hard to track these characters and where the chess board is moving. Yeah. All I want is the Highlander. Of course, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Neat. get started on this Highlander business. Get started on that Highlander project right away. A name gotten from his hard fighting on the Highlands of Zeist. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, things are things are really coming ahead in Highlander 2, The Quickening. It seems like are these, they? these two bad yeah. guys, like Catwoman and the Penguin, yeah. or Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy. these are all bad. <laughs> <Yeah. Bane. laughs> it's like when they all get together, what will happen? Uh, we're going to have to explore that in our next episode. But we thought we'd play a little game first. Ooh. It's game time. All right, so now we're going to square up Keith versus Eamon in a little game of three and five. No matter who wins. And so uh, how do you play three and five, Kyle? So I'm going to name some kind of category that may or may not be easy or difficult. You have five seconds to name me three examples that fall within it. You gain one point for each correct answer you give and four points if you get all three. Sound good? Yes. Let's do it. Eamon. Yes. Name me three immortals appearing in this movie. Ooh, Katana, Connor McLeod, Ramirez. There you go. hey Four points <laughs> for Amon. Keith, name me three colors that appear in the shield for some reason. Uh, red, blue, and white? Blue and other bread? I don't know. What? <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give it to you. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wait, what colors are in the shield? Red, blue, white. It's purple at one point. Oh, I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess it kind of is purple. And that plane scene especially. It's very yeah. oddly colored. Red, all right, white, we're all blue, tied up. like America. Amen. Name me. Three Lambert movies. Oh, Highlander. Highlander 2, The Quickening. <laughs> Highlander 3, The Warlock. Or no, The and Sorcerer. Uh, no, nope, you only got, you only <laughs> got two. Warlock. Highlander 2, The Warlock 3. Damn it. <laughs> Boo. All right. Keith, getting a little trickier here. Name me. Three songs that appear in the original Highlander movie that also appear in this movie. Uh, it's a kind of magic. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, let me think. It's a kind of magic. Are there other songs that are from the first movie? Yep. Who Wants to Live Forever is what plays in the 
The orchestral version. All right, all right. Says, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you noted, there's the original theme is quoted multiple times in this movie. So I don't know if I'd call them a song, but fair enough. <laughs> I'm making the rules here. Okay. <laughs> all right. Aim it. Yes. Name me. This is your chance to come back here. Ooh. Am I behind? Get... No, you're actually you're actually ahead by one point. <laughs> this is your chance to knock it out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Aim it. Name three organizations that exist in this movie. Ooh, the Shield Corporation, uh, Cobalt. Uh, ooh, shit. What's the third one? The police. I would have accepted a lot of things for the third for, for the third one. An opera company. That's an organization, right? Yeah. Rap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give you two points. <laughs> Rap. Keep. You can pull this out. It's don't pull do- out. It's still doable. Or pull out. Last, oh last chance. Don't don't be like Mac. You can pull this out. Yeah, you can pull out. <laughs> uh, Keep. Name me three characters in this movie who, for some reason, are named. Uh, Cor- Cora, Reno, and Jerry? I'll give it to you. Yeah. Also would have accepted Miss Nobody, <laughs> Charlie, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Cora or Corda? I said Cora. It's Corda, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Damn it! Oh, you're 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 gonna let that one go. I was gonna give it to you, but I don't make the rules. You're the only one who can. I defer to you're judge. one of the you're one of the priest nice judges. Priest Kyle, yeah. <laughs> I'm giving it to you, which means that the final score is eight to nine. Keith is the winner. Boo! Hey-oh. Close call. You would have lost where if I didn't give you those last points on Cordo. <laughs> well, or Corda. Sal, I like drums. wearing a good Cordo Roy pant. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And that was three and five. Better to better boom. Bit minute. Very good. So we got a lot of ground. Jerry! Oh boy, we got a lot of ground to cover next episode because we are about to get full into breaking people out of prison. It's going to be great. Yeah. Ugh. Well, uh, sort of breaking Also, this movie really. like just really drudges along, doesn't it? It's like at, it's like, just scene at after this scene. Point, it's just like you could check out. Like <laughs> not of our podcast. Please keep no. listening to our podcast. Yeah. yeah. Please listen to us, but Highlander 2. From can... here, it's just one long action sequence it's, to it's, the end. This yeah. whole movie is almost storyless. Like yeah. it has no plot. Just things happen. The Zeiss thing is gone. By the way, like yep. no, never to be mentioned again. Unless, Essentially, yeah. Unless it's the fairy tale. And oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening this week. Uh, join us next week, and make sure to follow us and like us on Facebook uh, if you don't already. We got all sorts of clips and trivia and all sorts of fun stuff from this week's episode that will be posted. Uh, so yeah, stay tuned. We'll see you next week. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Also, somehow I just thought of this because Coffee Problems begins. How did we go through that entire pipe scene without saying Pipe, pipe Man, Man begins? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How? <laughs> well, it's really that's, a, that's really more of like a Pipe Man Returns. Yeah. Right? yeah. Well, it's less of a pipe and more it's of like a, a pipe. <laughs> like a pole or something. <laughs> pole Man begins. Bannister Man begins. Bannister yeah. Man begins.